a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yes, you know, we say that every Cam and Company, but today it has a special resonance because uh, over the weekend, you know, we saw Michael Moore. Uh, well, some of you may have seen Michael Moore. Yeah, he is still around uh, on his uh, Substack. Everybody has a Substack, except for me. I don't have a Substack. Uh, had a uh, a post about how we need to repeal and replace the Second Amendment. Yeah, we also saw at uh, USA Today today a uh, new opinion piece by an anti-gun attorney who says Americans can't handle their guns. It's time to repeal the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. You know, on the one hand, I uh, I suppose it's good that these uh, anti-gun activists are finally acknowledging that the Second Amendment is real. Uh, because for decades, of course, they have pretended that the Second Amendment is no impediment whatsoever to their gun ban plans, right? Or it just protects a collective right. Mm, no, it doesn't. It protects an individual right. Well, but I mean, it, it, just to keep a gun in your home. Mm-mm, no, also to carry a firearm in public as well. In fact, again, most of the gun control laws that the uh, gun control activists have been demanding for decades aren't going to comply with the uh, test that the Supreme Court laid out in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, which said that you have to look both at the plain text of the Second Amendment, as well as the history and the tradition of the right to keep bear arms in this country, particularly at the time of the founding and at the time of the ratification of the 14th Amendment. And in 1791, in 1867 or so, 66, right, uh, you just simply didn't see the type of uh, gun control legislation and uh, bans on commonly owned firearms, much less all civilian possession of firearms that uh, gun control activists are demanding simply didn't exist. So to their credit, a little smidgen of credit, these uh, gun control activists are now saying, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> it's a real right, but it's a right I don't like. It's a right that should go away. It's a right that should be repealed and replaced with something else. So what exactly does Michael Moore's 28th Amendment look like? First of all, it's really long. Unlike virtually every other amendment in our Constitution, uh, this has uh, eight different sections to it. Yeah, there's sections one through four, uh, sections five through eight. And uh, we can go through a couple of these. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about Michael Moore because he's a goofball. Uh, But uh, this is a little bit of what he says uh, in his uh, repeal and replace the Second Amendment. It says the inalienable right of a free people to be kept safe from gun violence in the fear thereof must not be infringed and shall be protected by the Congress and the states. This amendment thus repeals and replaces the Second Amendment. Followed by, Congress shall create a mandatory system of firearm registration and licensing for the following limited purposes. A, the licensed hunters of game. B, the licensed ranges for the sport of target shooting. And C, for the few who can demonstrate a special need for personal protection. All who seek a firearm will undergo a strict vetting process with a thorough background check, including the written and confidential approval of family members, spouses and ex-spouses, and or partners and ex-partners, co-workers and neighbors. A mental health check will also be required. There'll be a waiting period of one month 
to complete the full background check. Those who meet all the requirements for the restricted gun owners groups and successfully pass the background check must take a firearm safety course and pass a written test on an annual basis. you got to be 25 years old to uh, own a gun in Michael Moore's world uh, with renewal and review of the firearms license recurring on an uh, annual basis. Also says that the Congress will stipulate and continually update the listed, the limited list of approved firearms for civilian use, including weapons of the future that are not yet invented. <laughs> so oh, he says uh, all automatic and semi-automatic weapons and all devices which can enable a single shot gun to fire automatically or semi-automatically. Uh, any weapon that can hold more than six bullets around at any time or any magazine that holds more than six bullets, all guns made of plastic or any homemade equipment and machinery or a 3D printer that can make a gun or a weapon that can take a human life. Uh, let's see. He says, uh, all, oh, th- this, it's fascinating to me in all of these restrictions, Michael Moore never talks about what should happen to people who violate his new laws, right? Closest he gets to that is section eight persons already owning any of the above banned firearms and who do not fall into the legal groups of restricted firearms owners will have one month from the ratification of this amendment to turn in their firearms for destruction by local law enforcement. These local authorities may organize a gun buyback program to assist in this effort. Okay, but what happens to the... I mean, again, we got roughly 100 million gun owners out there. What happens if, let's just say, 10% don't comply? 10%. Now you got 10 million Americans out there who are violating the law, continuing to own firearms that Michael Moore doesn't want them to have, what does Michael Moore want to do about it? What does he suggest be done with those 10 million Americans? Keep in mind, the current prison population in the United States, that includes county jails, state prisons, federal prisons, around 2 million Americans. So potentially, the 28th Amendment, as envisioned by Michael Moore, could lead to, and again, I'm being conservative here, um, a five-fold increase in the number of incarcerated Americans? (laughs) And by the way, where does Michael Moore think uh, think the 28th Amendment is most likely to be enforced? Not in red states. I mean, again, you want to see the rise of the Second Amendment sanctuary movement once again. Okay. Try to repeal and replace the Second Amendment. You're going to have a lot of red states out there who say, uh, no, <laughs> we're not doing this. Uh, and what's going to happen then? It's a silly argument. Uh, and, and, and frankly, you know, one that I would not waste my time talking about if it were just Michael Moore. Uh, but it's not just Michael Moore. That's the sad thing. Carly Pearson is a New York licensed attorney. Uh, she's a member of the USA Today editorial board. And she has a piece. Uh, at USA Today, as I mentioned, where she talks about uh, how we need to repeal the Second Amendment because Americans just can't handle their guns. She says, quote, we must repeal the Second Amendment if we want this country to ever be safe again, which raises the question for Carly Pearson. If the country's not safe now, but the country was safe in the past, And we had the Second Amendment in the past. Why is the Second Amendment to blame for us not being safe now? And when was that period in history when we were, quote unquote, safe? Not safer. Obviously, violent crime has gone up the past couple of years exponentially. But 2019, violent crime is at a 50-year low in this country. 
and violent crime had fallen by more than 50% since the early 1990s. I mean, that's fantastic. So was that when America was safe, 2019? Was it, was it before 2019? Well, I mean, when was it? If, if, if there was this magical time in our nation's past where we didn't have problems with violent crime, I'd love to know when it was. But again, I would remind Carly Pearson that the Second Amendment apparently was a thing back then, too. She goes on to say, uh, quote, much, this is another dumb argument, much like we did away with the 18th Amendment prohibition when it no longer served us, it's time to do away with the archaic constitutional amendment holding Americans hostage in their own country. It's time to say, hey, hey, ho, ho, the Second Amendment's gotta go. Um, yeah, the 18th Amendment prohibition was, of course, the alcoholic analog to what Carly Pearson wants to do with guns, right? And the reason why we got rid of the 18th Amendment with the, I used to know, I, I'm pretty sure I know that, I think it's the 21st Amendment. There, there are so many, but I believe it was the 21st Amendment. The reason why we repealed the 18th Amendment was because prohibition was a failure. Prohibition was when we learned, oh, you can ban something, but that doesn't make it go away, right? So you can ban the manufacture of spiritus alcohol, but you're not going to stop people from drinking. And the unintended consequences of prohibition were enormous. I mean, it got to the point where, for one example, the uh, uh, prohibition advocates were fine with poisoning uh, denatured alcohol, knowing full well that some of that denatured alcohol was going to be diverted. It was going to be used to illicitly make, you know, bathtub gin and rot gut liquor. And people drinking that would die. They, they, they knew that this was going to happen. It had been happening. But the attitude from folks like Wayne Wheeler of the Anti-Saloon League was, oh, well, they know the risks, so let them die, right? Takes you into a very dangerous, dark place when you uh, really, truly believe that you know what's best for other people and you're willing to let them live or die with the consequences of your mistakes. We also saw the rise of organized crime, of course, something that uh, did not go away even after prohibition was repealed. I just find it odd that, and I find it a really bad argument, quite frankly, that Carly Pearson would bring up prohibition and the repeal of prohibition as evidence that we need to repeal the Second Amendment. Uh, she goes on to say, now, here, here, here's the other thing. How are you going to do this? I mean, I've been covering the Second Amendment on a daily basis for over 18 years now. I can't tell you how many times I have run across somebody and said, well, here's what we need to do. We just need to repeal it. Just get rid of it. And yet, in those 18 years, I have never, ever seen an actual honest-to-goodness campaign to repeal the Second Amendment, to put a constitutional amendment out there. I, I've seen a lot of people write about it, 
But I haven't even seen any of the gun control organizations get behind this idea. Instead, again, for decades, they've just spent the, uh, uh, their, their, their political capital arguing that the Second Amendment is meaningless, right? That it doesn't protect an individual right to keep bear arms. Now that the Supreme Court has ruled in both Heller and Bruin that, no, 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 the right to keep and the right to bear is a real thing. Maybe now we'll see the gun control movement say, all right, yeah, we're hopping on the uh, repeal bandwagon. But so far, it hasn't happened. So Pearson says, in order to get rid of the Second Amendment, we would uh, use an Article 5 convention, right? Or at least Article 5 of the Constitution, uh, which she says sets out two options. Congress, through a joint resolution passed by a two-thirds vote or by a congressional convention, after petitions from two-thirds of the state legislatures, could propose the amendments. Um, Okay, you don't have two-thirds of Congress. You don't have two-thirds of the state legislatures who would be willing to sign on with this. But that's, that's, you know, no cause for concern for Carly Pearson now. She says, uh, quote, it took five decades of campaigning for conservatives to get the constitutional right to abortion overturned in the Supreme Court. Repealing the Second Amendment may look like a long shot today, but if progressives and moderates show up in full force to vote the right people into office over the next couple of decades, nothing is impossible. I just have this image of some anti-gun activist reading Carly Pearson's column at USA Today and getting more and more excited. Yeah. Yeah, right on, Carly. Yeah, who, who, who needs that right to keep your arms? And then she gets to the bottom and a couple of decades, what? Well, I mean, that's probably the most realistic thing that Carly Pearson said in her piece at USA Today. If you're going to try to repeal the Second Amendment, it's not going to happen overnight. It's certainly not going to happen in this political environment. And I would argue that it's not ever going to happen. But I am perfectly willing to see folks like Carly Pearson and Michael Moore Try to do their best because I think they're going to fail, but they won't, they won't try. They won't. They'll write about it. Here's what we should do. In a perfect world, this is what would happen. But they're not lifting an actual finger to try to get the repeal of the Second Amendment on any ballot, anywhere, because they know in their heart of hearts that what they're calling for is unrealistic in a country, again, in which we have 100 million Americans who own firearms, who exercise their Second Amendment rights, have over 20 million who have their concealed carry license, half of the country constitutional carry. The idea that two-thirds of the country is now all of a sudden going to turn around and say, nah, never mind, that was a mistake. Ah, I'm giving up my guns. Not going to happen. Nobody needs a gun anymore. It's absurd. It is ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Much like the gun control agenda overall, quite frankly. Uh, And again, I don't think this is going anywhere, but I would love to see them try. It's put up or shut up time as far as I'm concerned. If you really think the Second Amendment should be repealed, try to repeal it. Otherwise, start to respect it. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there. Washington State. They dropped the ball. Man who allegedly killed Spanaway mom jailed at least 18 times. This is an incredible story from the News Tribune in uh, Washington State. Uh, The uh, 
man in question, 40-year-old uh, Jermel Warren, a lengthy criminal history, multiple felonies, and in fact, about three months before a stray shot killed a mother of nine in a 7-Eleven parking lot in Spanaway, Washington, a woman in Tacoma accused Warren of grabbing her by the throat, dragging her from the passenger seat of his car during an argument. An officer noted an apparent bite mark on her face. She said that it felt like her face was breaking. This was in late February. Just a few weeks prior to that, the State Department of Corrections had issued an arrest warrant for Warren after he failed to report to a probation officer. But as the newspaper reports, officers didn't arrest Warren, who has local felony convictions going back to 1997, until he had been implicated in three more crimes, including the homicide of Angelina Palmer in Spanaway at the end of May. Now, the News Tribune said that they went through dozens of pages of court filings detailing Warren's lengthy criminal history and contacts with law enforcement agencies over the last several months. And those documents show how he avoided harsher prison sentences in multiple cases through plea deals. Police failed to capture him as he crisscrossed between uh, Pierce County jurisdictions. Uh, Let's talk just a little bit about the plea deals. Um, According to the Union Tribune, Warren has had multiple DUI convictions, five in all, three since 2016. In 2019, he told a, a sheriff's deputy, quote, I believe my alcohol usage has affected everything that's gone wrong in my life. Um, when he was sentenced in 2017, in 2019, he was not required to complete any sort of substance abuse treatment. Um, Department of Corrections spokesperson said any records related to any therapy that he received while in prison are private health information, right? County uh, district attorney, or excuse me, county district uh, court probation officers apparently um, didn't require Warren or weren't required to ensure that Warren was uh, staying sober. He was charged again in 2017, 2019, and again in October of 2021 when he reportedly reached speeds of up to 90 miles an hour on a uh, state road. But the Department of Corrections released him back into community custody a few days later after another violation of his release conditions. So you've got, again, all kinds of issues in his past. Multiple felony convictions, multiple times behind bars, but not enough time. And far more slaps on the wrist. One of the um, family members of the woman who was killed says he's looking for accountability. Uh, And he hopes to file a lawsuit against law enforcement because he doesn't think he's going to get accountability in the legal justice system. I, I, I don't blame him, quite honestly. Because again, cases like Jermel Warren's are not the exception. If they were, we wouldn't be able to find these stories every day. They may not be the rule in the criminal justice system, but they are a rule in the criminal justice system. Cases like Warren's are not unusual. They're not uncommon. And sadly, they're often not covered unless or until one of these prolific offenders ends up doing something so heinous that it ends up on the front page of the local newspaper or at least the nightly news. And then we pay attention for a day 
and then we ignore the problem again. But we never really address the underlying issues within the criminal justice system. Democrats don't want to. Uh, they, again, they want to put more gun control laws in place. And, you know, Republicans, by and large, have really, we, we're, we're, listen, we're opposed to defunding the police, we're opposed to the criminal justice reform efforts, but I don't think Republicans are doing a, as good a job as they need to at offering substantive fixes to the uh, many cracks right now in the foundation of our criminal justice system. So I think, honestly, both sides could be doing a lot more. I don't have high hopes that Democrats are going to, but I wish that we did see more effort from the, uh, the right in terms of fixing these fundamental problems. Now, today's armed citizen story from Chicago, where an offender would be armed robber shot while trying to rob a business uh, there in the uh, Rosemore neighborhood. This was over the weekend. We don't have a lot of information about it either. According to CBS Chicago, happened a Sunday afternoon, just around noon. Police say the uh, would-be armed robber walked into the business at gunpoint. Somebody inside the business then shot the suspect. The offender fired shots back but didn't strike anybody. The uh, offender taken to local hospital in serious condition with a gunshot wound to the chin uh, detectives are investigating. I would say this would be a, a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense, even in Chicago. But we'll keep our eyes open for uh, any more details as they become available. Finally today, our uh, good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. A uh, Arizonan who was able to pull a man out of a burning RV in Apache Junction, Arizona. Now, Adrian Garcia is the guy who leapt into action. The man he saved is still in the hospital. Uh, with severe burns over 15% of his body. But according to Fox 10 in Phoenix, doctors told the victim's family that if he had spent another five minutes uh, in this trailer that caught fire, he would have died. Garcia says he was driving down Main Street in Apache Junction and he noticed smoke in the distance. So he pulled over, ran to a trailer park, heard a woman screaming that a man inside was still, uh, a man named Brad was still inside. Uh, access to the park was blocked by a six foot wall, according to Garcia. So he had to, um, you know, get pretty creative to actually get there. Uh, he said, I'm, I, at that point, I'm like, I got to get him out. I ran across the street against the officer's orders who was controlling the crowd. She told me not to jump the wall, but I told her, don't worry, ma'am, I'm a professional. And I jumped over the wall. He then found a door to the RV, managed to get inside. He said, sure enough, there's a male laying on the floor with his back right in front of the doorway. I tried to lift him up, but he's a big guy. So I wedged my feet into the doorway, gave me some leverage, yanked him out. We both fell out of the trailer onto the floor. That's amazing. Um, Adrian Garcia, by the way, says he does not consider himself a hero. He says, nope, just right place, right time. Brad's family, the uh, burn victim's family, disagrees. They say, um, no, he's, he's a hero. Uh, Adriana Hirsch, who is the mother of Brad's children, says, I was taken aback by his bravery. A random person pulling off of the street and hopping a wall. And to know that there are still people out there like that is comforting. Again, Brad still in the hospital, but is expected to recover. Uh, and Adrian Garcia, the man who made that possible. So in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Mr. Garcia, we thank you, sir, for your very, very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. we got a lot of stuff to cover today, including uh, Joe Biden's uh, celebration at the White House. 
for the uh, gun deal that was signed in law a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they're trying to milk that for all it's worth. Uh, plus, we've got new legal fights on the horizon. Second Amendment groups going on offense right now. We'll have all of the details at BarryAndArms.com. If you like what you see, make sure you become a VIP subscriber and support the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism that we are doing at BarryAndArms.com. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We really do appreciate your support. It does make a difference. So thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Our friend uh, Rick Ector is going to join us on the program tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.